I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandysfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week, my guest is Tiffany Callender, the CEO of FACE, a national Black-led nonprofit organization focused on providing resources to the Black community across Canada with the aim of accelerating wealth creation for Canadians of African descent. In partnership with the Canadian government, FACE has created a Black Entrepreneurship Loan Fund to help Black business owners with access to capital or additional business resources for expansion, including a focus on helping Black female founders. Tiffany has spent her 16-year career developing and implementing programs to support Montreal's Black community. As well, she's presented recommendations for policy change to public institutions, including as a signatory for Montreal's consultation on racism and systemic discrimination, as well as Quebec's Commission on the Overrepresentation of Black Children in the Youth Protection. She regularly presents sensitivity and equity training to private institutions. Here is our conversation. Tiffany, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for making time to speak with me. Thank you so much, Eva. I'm glad to be here with you. I like to start these conversations, and if you've listened to the podcast before, you know this. Uh, I, I like to go back in time a little bit, so I'd love to know, when you were growing up, what kind of career did you imagine for yourself later in life, and was it anything remotely close to what you're actually doing today? Uh, yeah, well, if we go back in time, uh, I saw myself in communication. So I studied media. <laughs> that was where I was going. I was determined to be the Canadian Oprah. Um, oh, love that. <laughs> right. So goal. that was, <laughs> that was the goal. And I didn't see myself in the nonprofit sector, um, which is, which is interesting how I landed here it was really an experience in college in Quebec, you call it CGEP. Um, mm-hmm. and this was really where I started to explore how I can engage Uh, my community doing things that are of interest, but can help folks. So once I got bit with that bug, the communications, I guess, skills that I've learned or that I have naturally kind of geared me in that direction. So I did not see myself uh, working in the nonprofit sector, um, helping folks, but I'm glad that I got here and I still get to use my communication skills. That's wonderful. And tell me a little bit about kind of the first steps that you took in, you know, getting getting this journey underway. And uh, I'm especially curious to know if you had any role models who kind of mm. served as, you know, inspiration for you, even mentors, and if any of those were women in particular. Uh, absolutely. I, if I look back at my life, there have been women at different points of my life who have really uh, geared me or have molded me or mentored me towards who I think I am today. Uh, I'll have to mention Miss Robinson, who was the first person in elementary school who said to me, you know, you should be in student council. And she was the one who introduced me to that idea. And I would say that that was probably my first exposure to community. I just didn't know that that's what it was called. But I was mm-hmm. playing a leadership role in my school's community. Uh, and I think that that probably was the first one. And all along the way, my first job was at a community day camp, <laughs> which is a woman uh, who led that program as well. So Wonderful. I think women have helped me to kind of see that this is the path that I should be on in terms of playing a leadership role in developing mm-hmm. solutions and pathways to access uh, for equity seeking groups. And in particular, uh, the black community. And that also allowed me to work with 
many, many women uh, throughout my career. That's wonderful. Love to hear that. And I want to talk about FACE and, and what FACE uh, is about. And first of all, when did the idea to launch FACE uh, come to you? And it sounds like you were already working in a, in a community sector, but when did you decide to create the platform, basically? And how how did the project come about for you? Yeah, so you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I was been working in the nonprofit sector my whole adult life, uh, working in Montreal, uh, specifically serving uh, the Black community. And uh, one of the things in working with community, and that could range from any demographic, so youth, children, seniors, adults, you really get to see the gaps in services or um, support for folks to achieve different things, different outcomes that they want for themselves. And starting a business was definitely one. I worked uh, on a project that helped Black English-speaking business owners uh, in, in my province. And I saw that that need is there. There's always been a barrier to access to capital, barrier mm -hmm. to accessing uh, support in terms of information and capacity building. So that was something that I was acutely aware of. Um, so when the pandemic hit and we were now looking at what we were facing as a society, we naturally thought about the businesses uh, in our community and how they would be affected and mm -hmm. what would be the gaps in the support that they would need to weather the storm of the pandemic. And this is where uh, the conversation began with other leaders in my community to kind mm -hmm. of develop the idea of FACE and to work with the government to bring about a solution that was not pandemic specific, but more addressing a longstanding issue uh, and to extend that across the country. Mm. And tell me about the first steps in creating and, and launching FACE. And um, and FACE stands for Federation of African-Canadian Economics, if, mm -hmm. if we didn't say that already. Mm -hmm. um, and tell me about setting that up, what kind of uh, challenges you faced and, mm -hmm. you know, for for really any entrepreneurial venture, whether it's in the for-profit or non-profit sector, we know it's usually hurdles, especially that first year. It's a lot of lessons learned. So tell me a little bit about that journey. In, in Absolutely. So by coming together with other leaders, the first thing was uh, confirming what we know and to confirm that it's happening in different parts of the country, that Black entrepreneurs have challenges accessing capital, uh, there are not enough resources provided to Black entrepreneurs to build and scale their companies. And we need to invest in this community so that it can contribute to small and medium-sized businesses uh, across the country and also allow it to help with the economic recovery that we're facing in the pandemic. So once that was confirmed, the next step was engaging with those entrepreneurs to see mm -hmm. if the barriers that we have identified are accurate and what do they need to have uh, in terms of support. So in, in that engagement, then it's transferring that information to power uh, power decision makers, which in our case was the government, to say to yeah. the government, we need an alternative approach for these entrepreneurs. And then it was developing the model. So how do we develop a service model uh, that will give access to capital uh, to black businesses across the country? What partnerships would we need to do that? And uh, how would we build the infrastructure to do so? And all of that was done <laughs> in literally a year's time to build wow. uh, through that process and to launch. And today we're standing at one year of uh, FACE being in existence and the infrastructure is up. Businesses mm -hmm. have been identified, they've applied for funding and they've received support. So I think that we are well on our way in achieving our mission and supporting black businesses. This is very impressive in that short of a time frame. So congratulations for, for setting that up in, in record time. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know, what did you hear from uh, entrepreneurs? So 
Uh, and we know with the pandemic, it's, mm-hmm. you know, COVID has been a, an especially tough time for small business owners. It continues to be, even as we're in the spirit of recovery, there are a whole new set of challenges. So what what was the main feedback? What kind of support did they need? Um, and you're, you're working specifically with, uh, with Black entrepreneurs. And I'm curious to know, for women specifically, did you notice a kind of a, a specific set of needs or, you know, priorities for them at, at this point in time? So what we understood from the entrepreneurs is that there was issues in accessing capital with traditionally in different financial institutions, right. and they needed an alternative way to be able to access capital to start and grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed for the criteria that was set to allow them to have access to this capital by taking into consideration the historic barriers that they faced in terms of accumulating assets and being able to have collateral so these, this idea of adding this layer of understanding of the experience of being a Black Canadian and now allowing for those in that community who want to start businesses and to scale their businesses to have access, that was the main thing. What we did, what we do know um, so far with having uh, multiple uh, opportunities to engage with entrepreneurs across the country and through the data that we've collected so far, 30% of the people who have engaged face in terms of whether they're on the road to applying to uh, for financing or those that we have actually financed, we're looking at 30% being women. So that means that mm. black women are uh, interested and have started companies and they need support equally. What we know though, is that we need to identify partners that can address the other barriers that women face when starting companies. The experience is different. Myself, mm-hmm. I'm a mother and I have children. So to mm-hmm. start a business, my uh, intention is gonna be different. Uh, what I'm looking, how I'm going to run my business might be different. How I set up my model could be different because I'm taking into consideration the other parts of me that make Mm -hmm. up my experience. So this is what's super interesting about this project is as we discover and work with Black entrepreneurs, we can also collect the qualitative data in terms of Mm -hmm. what is your experience. And that will allow us to tailor the offering that we have, but also make uh, real partnerships with organizations that can support particularly women in their journey in starting businesses and being founders. And I want to ask you, because for a while during the pandemic, we talked about a phenomenon known as the she session, right? Mm -hmm. It was observed that a lot of uh, kind of a larger, uh, proportionally more women were leaving the workforce as compared to men. And we know that has to do with extra uh, duties around childcare and, and, you know, just uh, at, at home in general. And that kind of went away. It's a phenomenon that, you know, I think experts estimated it was going to be uh, much more of an impact than it ended up being. But what are, what are you seeing with women entrepreneurs, especially how has COVID uh, affected them and, ha- and and affected their business? And, uh, you know, are they um, are there additional challenges that you see? You just brought up the mm-hmm. the experience for women entrepreneurs, which is different to start with, of course. But did the pandemic kind of aggravate that or amplify that in any way? Absolutely. We have to understand that, as, we, as you very uh, well mentioned, the different responsibilities that women have in terms of managing uh, their businesses, but also their, their lives, um, whether they are mothers or they are just simply navigating um, often markets and sectors where women are not often supported, welcomed, or amplified. Uh, I think that the pandemic definitely had an impact on these women. Um, If you then layer that with the usual barriers to access and opportunities for women of color, Mm -hmm. then there there you could see how and why FACE absolutely decided to make sure that there's support available, capital available, but we're taking into account um, these women. And we've 
tried to also elevate um, these women during uh, the pandemic. And as we've launched our program, which is happening, happened simultaneously, we had a fantastic campaign called Mompreneurs, where we wanted to highlight women who were in business and that have started or scaled their companies. We make a conscious effort to elevate and to promote women who have been financed or on their road uh, to growing their businesses. This is the type of support that women need. And we hope to do more to be able to, again, tailor our service offering to support mm-hmm. these women because they were absolutely uh, affected by the pandemic, just as many women were who are not in business. Mm. A conversation I've often had as well with uh, uh, kind of business banking experts is around how women view, uh, you know, the, the the use of financing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, having recourse to debt financing, for example, and just the relationship with their banker in general. Um do you see what I'm curious to know what patterns you observe uh, something that's come up with uh, with bankers I've had this conversation with is often women tend to wait a lot longer they'll they'll put you know they'll put up their own personal savings first or they think they have to build a business and prove themselves before they can apply for financing whereas men generally tend to be a little bit more comfortable with uh, you know uh, any getting using any source of financing basically even if it means going into debt for their business what i'm curious to know what you're observing well i think that that's the 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 piece to that is that what are you risking as a woman when you then use uh when you use these different products right and Mm -hmm. especially if they're asking for collateral or they're asking or it could affect your credit Uh, Mm -hmm. the calculation i believe for a woman who is looking at how will this affect my life and also the people that I'm responsible for? It might be a different perception from a woman's point of view. I think the other element is education. So how do we bring uh, the use of these different financial products to women so that they understand what the risk is and they can make a calculated uh, decision around that? When we have a, a sector um, in terms of uh, or a field, entrepreneurship in itself has been mostly a male-dominated sector where those yeah. conversations are had and where women were not necessarily included, without the proper information, you cannot make an informed decision. So you err to caution. Whereas to be in business, you do have to risk, but you can take calculated risks. So I think hand in hand with creating spaces where women are given a full understanding of what different products are available to them and how they can manage risk and still uh, start their companies and use debt uh, Mm -hmm. is very important. Are those conversations and is that education available to women in spaces Mm -hmm. where they're willing to receive it and are comfortable learning? I think that that's Mm -hmm. something that we created. Absolutely. And you're definitely filling an important gap with the platform you've created. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise. And they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women and Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. So once, you know, once financing is obtained and, and looking at just the cycle for entrepreneurs who are launching a business, what is your top advice to entrepreneurs who are setting up maybe their, their first entrepreneurial project or a new entrepreneurial project? What comes next and what should they be making a priority? 
I think the the main uh, support or the main conversation that our team has with entrepreneurs is one to surround yourself with the right information and the network that can help you to mm-hmm. understand your vision and to put it on paper, a business mm-hmm. plan and understanding how you're going to grow your business, understanding the market that you're in, understanding your numbers, your projections. You have to know your business inside out. So making sure that at face, although we finance uh, companies, we want to make sure that we are also part of an ecosystem where entrepreneurs can have the proper support to be able to build out their vision and build their business case. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is one, get in a community or get into an ecosystem that will allow for you to get the best information and help build your capacity to build a strong company. So when you do attain financing, you are ready to manage that. You're managing the mm-hmm. debt, you're managing your growth, you're making good decisions. And then this is how we can see a lot of companies flourish. I think a lot of the time companies or founders and owners develop their companies in silos. And that is, again, when you're systemically excluded from the different networks that would allow for you to have access to this information, this is sometimes the, 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 the result. So by encouraging entrepreneurs to be a part of healthy ecosystems that are invested in them succeeding and making sure that they have good information, good practices to set up their businesses, this is the advice that we give to FACE, and we invest in ensuring that we are referring uh, folks to proper resources and also mm-hmm. bringing in partners that can share that information. And it's it's amazing that you're doing that. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. uh, people who have you know are leaving the, the corporate workplace to start their own business, it's not always obvious how to s- create that network and, and look for, for those partners. So what are your, your recommendations for, for entrepreneurs when they're looking to you know create that, uh, that, that support group around them? I always say that uh, asking questions is, is, is imperative to be able to find out where you need to be. So I think that being plugged into information uh, and, and being able to ask questions to people who have gone on the journey before, and I think that's a part of, again, being a part of a network, but finding the right network for you and finding the right ecosystem for you. It's looking out for people who have been on the journey before so they can kind of give you like a, a roadmap of where you can be, where you can get relevant information at face. We ensure that we bring to our community through our, whether it's our social media or our newsletter, the different networks that exist for businesses so that they can Mm -hmm. plug themselves in. Because you're right, it's not obvious and evident if you're just starting up or you're in in a transition out of corporate Mm -hmm. into the uh, entrepreneurial space. It's a huge ecosystem and you might not Mm -hmm. know where to go or how to start. So we try to act as a bridge to those different organizations or different networks that would allow for you to ask questions. And through the questions, you will then be able to get more information and, and identify where you can uh, be engaged to then have mm-hmm. the, the opportunity to build build with people who are like-minded. I think that that's mm-hmm. also important. Uh, not, all, not everybody are entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs definitely uh, who are engaged and want to move forward and grow, they have to hang out with other entrepreneurs. It's very important. And it's and it can be as simple as a cold call or an invitation on LinkedIn or, you know, reaching out to uh, even if, if these people are strangers, but often those calls are welcomed by other entrepreneurs. Yeah. But then, and that's not easy either. Right. Even building those reflexes to be to say, you know, what, I'm just going to I'm going to send somebody a message. I'm going to DM them. I'm just going to see, you know, if they respond to so just start a conversation. That also was a part of the learning of how to be a part of an ecosystem. So it's encouraging uh, folks to have those, to, to be bold and to say, you know what, I, I have a question for you. Or I've seen your LinkedIn page or I've seen your company. I have a question. Can we have a quick chat or can we have a coffee? Or in the world we're in now, can we jump on a quick Zoom? So I mm-hmm. think that 
all of that is about breaking the ice into becoming mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Um, what's your take on, you know, we seem to be the world has reopened up or is in a process of opening up. Um, we are back in, you know, without masks and uh, uh, being able to attend and, and visit stores in person or interact mm-hmm. in person with, with everyone. So all, all to say, you know, business is, is able to uh, operate again. What is your outlook based on the conversations you're having with entrepreneurs you work with on this so-called recovery? Mm-hmm. And we know there are challenges right now around inflation and an impending recession and, you know, cost, cost of goods, ch- challenges with supply chain, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So what, how, how are your entrepreneurs kind of seeing the, the next few months ahead of us or even the next few years? Well, I think that we're not out of the woods. I think what we have now is what looks like a, a, a return to normalcy. Uh, in terms of being out and, and engaging and being able to to be in different marketplaces and to use services, but there's still a lot of the challenges that are facing. Inflation is a huge piece. Uh, supply chain is also a, a massive issue that a lot of entrepreneurs are facing. So I think that one of the things that we can do is to highlight that these businesses are there. As consumers, we have power as well to be yeah. able to ensure that we invest in businesses that we want to support and we want to mm-hmm. see survive. We saw throughout the pandemic a consciousness that was elevated amongst consumers to support mm-hmm. business owners. We have to continue on that road. Even though the masks are removed, we definitely have to encourage uh, folks to be able to support entrepreneurs who would fall to the margin, would not have as much visibility or are in phases of growth so that they can really, truly survive this pandemic. And we have a few years ahead of us to make sure that we do that. And at FACE, the idea is to ensure that our community is aware of these companies um, and that they are going to be making a conscious effort of supporting them. A part of that is just visibility. It's knowing that mm-hmm. these businesses are there by local where you are and make sure that you recognize that we can play a part in ensuring that these businesses survive. Sometimes it's choosing the small business owner versus the big chains, right? That mm-hmm. we can then help uh, concretely to, to mm-hmm. these companies. Absolutely. And uh, a question that's more personal for you now. Uh, I want to know your definition of leadership, especially as mm-hmm. someone who is, you know, taking such a, uh, a role that can create impact in uh, an organization that is purpose driven. So what does leadership mean for you? Leadership for me uh, definitely means working with others. Uh, the FACE, the Federation of African Canadian Economics is also known as the FACE Coalition. And the idea of being able to come together with others who have the same vision as you or want to see the same outcomes or create opportunities for your community, that for me is the definition of leadership. How well do you work with others? How well do you take um, from other people's expertise and what they bring to the table and find a way to coordinate that and make it advantageous for others is important. Uh, Leadership is also knowing that you don't have to know everything. Um, It's important for you to be open to learn from others and let others take Uh, different types of leadership positions in developing a strategy like ours, which is national in its scope. There's so much capacity that has been developed in different regions across the country serving different communities and their particular needs that you have to be open to hearing from others and allowing them to play a leadership role in the strategy. So sometimes leadership means uh, being in front and kind of guiding where the strategy is going. And other times it's supporting others to guide us to the next step or the next milestone. Mm-hmm. And uh, keeping with the theme of definitions, uh, what is success for you? How do you measure success in your life? Success is about making the world a better place uh, for others. Uh, for me, who've been in the nonprofit sector, who didn't expect to be there, 
the the greatest uh, the greatest opportunity that I've had in this in this career is to say that every action that we've taken, uh, every project that I've worked on, every organization that I've had a chance to contribute to, have made a difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think success is also the opportunity as a mom to demonstrate that for my children, so that they mm-hmm. have kind of like a social blueprint uh, to remember that you can absolutely uh, create. Uh, a, a vision for yourself, be a part of a particular company or group, or but you also have to think about how you're positively impacting uh, the world and giving some of your time to think about others. So for me, mm-hmm. success is making sure that you're able to make positive impact. Loved, love that definition. That's a great one. And uh, you mentioned being a mom again, and uh, I want to know what's your approach to and I hate referring to the concept of work-life balance because I think there's a myth, you know, that's been sold mm-hmm. to women, but we can strive to have some type of balance. Um, how do you approach your, you know, combining your, your professional life, your life as a mom, and you work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are mm-hmm. moms, what is your advice to them typically, or what do you see as, um, you know, things that work well when a woman is looking to, uh, mm. kind of find that space between being a successful entrepreneur or a uh, 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 successful professional and still having time for family and, and for ourselves. So the thing I had to learn personally is that uh, you reset every day. <laughs> so there is no real uh, way to say that balance will occur uh, all the time or consistently. Yeah. You During your day, uh, you have your goals that you have to achieve, whether it's certain um, tasks that you have to complete in your business, obligations and commitments that you have in your personal life. And then there's you, <laughs> which a lot of women put on the back burner while Absolutely. we serve our families and build our companies. And in those two different spaces, you have people that you are answering to, for, and are responsible for. And mm-hmm. that often clouds and shades where am I in all of this? Am I taking the time for me to be able to rest, recuperate, and and build uh, a strong uh, uh, center to be able to accomplish all of these things? So uh, I would say that there is no, that is a very strange myth that has been sold to us in terms of work-life balance. What I told myself is that I reset every day. Mm-hmm. I set my priorities. I set out to what I'm going to achieve. And if I don't, uh, set out to do what I do, what I wanted to do that day. There's tomorrow, and you can reprioritize and reset yourself uh, to be able to achieve those goals. Don't don't move too hard and fast on 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 milestones and getting things done. You have to be gentle with yourself and be able to know that you have the flexibility to respond. Mm-hmm. And my favorite question to ask guests on the show: What's one thing you wish women would do more of, and one thing you wish women would do less of? I wish that women would not doubt themselves so much. Do not underestimate yourself. There's so many natural uh, skills that women come with and through our experience living in this world that are transferable to being effective uh, and successful founders and business owners. Uh, that's what I wish women would do less. Stop doubting yourself. Um, what I wish women would do more of is be bold and to be, uh, to be the person who will cold call someone or ask the question, or stand up in a forum and present their ideas and their thoughts. Uh, there's so much uh, uh, wonder in when women uh, are in a space and they're able to share what they're building or what they're aspiring to do. It is powerful. So I hope for more women that they are bold in their action 
and that they find networks where uh, that is encouraged and they find spaces where they can hone that skill. So when they get in a grand stage in front of many people, they're able to shine uh, the way that we know that they do when we are uh, fortunate enough to be in those spaces with them. So I would say, do not discount yourself and doubt yourself. Do that a lot less and be much more bold. And be, bolder. Forward, be bolder yeah. in terms of what you want to do and what you want to achieve. That's another great piece of advice. And lastly, what's next for FACE? What's on the agenda for, for you for the, for the coming year? And as well, how can we support FACE and learn more about the organization? So for FACE, we continue to build our program to support and finance companies across the country. Mm -hmm. um, we are already at 19 million approved uh, to date. And we hope to continue to extend uh, this, this offering to Black business owners. Um, what's going to be key for us in this year is to continue to expand our micro lending program mm -hmm. uh, to be na nationwide. Um, because we do understand that micro lending is also a key piece in helping entrepreneurs to start their businesses. So that is one of the opportunities that we hope to build, build more partnerships with uh, business development uh, organizations, as well as the corporate sector, who can then again, allow for education and best practices to be available to our uh, network of entrepreneurs so that they can continue to reinforce their capacity to run their businesses. And of course, uh, to continue to, to be a presence and a voice for uh, entrepreneurs, uh, particularly women uh, of color, um, because this is, it has to be a focus to ensure that we continue to adapt the models to allow more women to participate um, in entrepreneurship and to build companies that are going to contribute to the advancement of Canada. So mm -hmm. this is all of the, the, the things that are on the roadmap for FACE in the next year. And how we can support FACE is to absolutely um, share um, on, on social media and our mm -hmm. website, because this is a, a, a program that is historic and that was really built to address two things, um, to allow equity-seeking groups to have an opportunity to have access to capital, but also to allow for intersectionality to be taken into account, um, mm -hmm. which is where women uh, of color fall. And in that transaction, we're able to identify what are we really going to be able to do to continue to open the, the playing field and create more access for these entrepreneurs to grow. And that's absolutely wonderful. And we'll link up all your, your socials and website. And uh, we actually have a, a, a few of the business owners you, you supported who are coming mm -hmm. on as guests as well. So that's looking forward to hearing their stories. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It was great hearing more about FACE and your journey and very excited to see where you go next. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eva, for having me on. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women in Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.